The Spurs trip to LA starts and ends, I guess, kind of in a similar fashion to most defeats this season for San Antonio. A hard-fought defeat. Getting tired of the crutch words of, I guess, progress and growth and learning. Well, they've had nine of those so far this season. San Antonio starts their trip to L.A., losing to the Lakers Sunday at the Staples Center. 114-106 to drop to 4-9 and nine on the season. Thanks for checking out Locked on Spurs. And as always, be sure to make Locked on Spurs or any of the Locked on programs under this umbrella. Your first listen every single day and subscribe on whatever platform you use to, to use to describe uh, in that respect. If you made it this far, one minute in, you're probably gathered by now. No, I'm not Jeff Garcia. My name is Casey Vieira. Jeff, uh, well, needed a little bit of a break, taking advantage of the Thanksgiving holiday, he had a day to commute. So he said, you know what, I'm going to reach out and Get the best I can to fill this chair. Unfortunately, they were not available, so he called me up, and here I am. But no, I'm looking forward to it. I think last time I was here was uh, the night after <laughs> night after the NBA draft, which actually we're going to come back to in a little bit, and um, we actually have a lot to talk about as well. Going to try to cram in there over the next 30 minutes or so. But like I was mentioning before, Spurs last night coming off a 114-106 defeat to start off their West Coast road trip. Good game. Fun game. Interesting game. Very telling basketball game. Uh, Contrary to a lot of the defeats that the Spurs have had so far this year that I've left walking away with and all those, I guess, cliche crutch words that I threw out the top there, nothing really kind of stood out to me. And, And maybe it's because it felt like a lot of those losses were underachieving maybe where learning losing and learning at the same time just didn't feel good like the OKC loss was the case or the the Mavericks loss blowing the double digit lead and then getting I guess getting blown out a, a couple weeks later really a couple days later didn't really take much out of that but this Laker game yesterday actually I felt like was pretty telling on a lot of fronts and I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Long story short, bullet points, several occasions, in case you missed the game, several occasions in which the Spurs were down double digits, were down 10 points, 11 points, including nine minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were down by 11 points. And then, much to, I guess, the uh, dismay for a lot of Spurs fans up to this point, or I guess contrary to the dismay that they've had, this Pop and and the Spurs, they found that rotation, it seemed like. Pop, for the first time this season, it felt like he found like a collective, cohesive unit to put out there on the floor at a pivotal point in a basketball game that really made note and really made a difference. And what he did was put out a five-sum of DeJounte Murray, fantastic yesterday, by the way, another triple-double, triple double, 22-10-10-3 steals, sixth time he's done that in his career. But DeJounte Murray, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, who actually had a career day shooting the three-point basketball as well, six of nine from downtown. He had 24 points, 19 for Vassell. So 
those three guys, Doug McDermott and Thaddeus Young. Of course, the Lakers with Anthony Davis, they need any kind of them being the Spurs. They need any kind of way to, I guess, combat that athleticism. And with Jakob Pertl still on the COVID list, not eligible to come back yet or not an ideal spot to come back yet. They tried Thaddeus Young in a spot that worked. And 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 give credit to Thad because he knows that this isn't an ideal situation. But every time his number has been called, he's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. And yesterday, part of that group that got them back into this game to the point that that aforementioned 11-point lead was cut to two with less than three minutes to go. And you're thinking like, oh... Okay. I mean, look, the Lakers, of course, still without LeBron James, but this is still a team with Davis and still a team with Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony is starting to look like a guy who's a viable six man of the year candidate. You get within two with 241 to go after a Doug McDermott three. He was feeling it yesterday, too. You're thinking, oh, okay, maybe we have a chance. Maybe we have a chance in this thing. What happens? What happens? Subsequently, Talon Horton Tucker, easy money on a layup. Fine. Don't do anything the ensuing possession. Mello comes down, knocks down a triple. Thaddeus Young, afterwards, who I was just praising, turns the ball over. Westbrook essentially finishes the job. Nice little give and go with he and Anthony Davis. At that point, what was a 105-103 ball game turns into... A 112-103 game in all about a span of like 90 seconds. And that buzz that Spurs fans were having just promptly goes away. But, I mean, as someone who watches this, uh, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm kind of getting tired of the moral defeat thing. Because (laughs) at a certain point, it feels like it's almost just kind of like I'm being stupefied. You're hearing, oh, it was a... Tough loss, tough defeat, but we learned something. There was a positive out of it. And like I mentioned before, you feel kind of stupefied when you see them go out there and blow a double-digit lead to OKC, and you're wondering, what the hell kind of positive are we getting out of this? That we know that we're not a very good basketball team in these situations? You know, what, 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 are, we, what are we getting out of this? But yesterday... I felt like we got a lot out of that, for better and for worse. And all those reasons I mentioned before, largely, for the most part, the the better of things. As for the worse, well, of those five guys that I listed in in that lineup, you might have noticed that there was one omission. And that was Derek White, whose struggles continued again yesterday. 29 minutes of work. 10 points, 4 of 10 from the field, 2 of 7 from downtown. A team worst, a game worst, minus 22 plus minus yesterday. I was talking about how the Spurs were down by 11 with 9 minutes to go. And Pop changed up that lineup. Well, one of the guys he changed there was he took out, he took out Derek White. White did not see the floor the rest of the game. Derek White did not see the floor for the rest of the basketball game. And it feels like we're gotten at the point right now where we're worrying. We're worrying about 
Derek White and what's going on right here. Because again, in a span of 10 days now, 10 days, this is five consecutive offensive performances where we're just wondering what happened. We're just wondering what went down with this thing. And again, this 10.4 of 10 performance, not egregious, but when the previous outing was a five-point showing, only taking five shots. The showing before that was a two-point showing, one of six from the field. Didn't score in the Oklahoma City game, that blown lead. The game before that held to four of 14 shooting. And it felt like yesterday it was at the point where Pop was watching this and he's saying, you know what? Guy just doesn't have it right now. I'm not trying to force the square peg into the round pole. Maybe I'm not going to be as stubborn with this, with these rotations as I have in the past, just because these guys, who they are, because of who they are getting those vet minutes, Derek White doesn't have it right now. And when he took Derek White out of the game, subsequently <laughs> things started working for the better. But I think the overriding thought, though, the overriding sentiment with all this is that <sighs> it's time to worry. I think it's time to worry about him. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players and, um, well, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Look, Everyone that deposits and uses this promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That promo code is NBA. You pick two to five players and an over and under and on their projections and you go in up to 10 times on an entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries. Uh, you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. What more can you want? Even entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is the safe and offers fast withdrawals. Hey, don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Use promo code NBA and go to the App Store right now and download the app today. PricePix is a daily fantasy made easy. Does this sound familiar to you? You get one device that lets you uh, catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows while you watch sports highlights on your phone and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Yeah, we all been there. Well, I want to talk to you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch now your favorite sports, movies, and all the shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever, ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I think it's time to worry because throughout this entire season, the one constant that's 
been there for him for this game or what we thought was a constant, at least from an offensive standpoint, was how he just fit into the flow of the game and the efficiency and and largely for the most part prior to last year. And I think a lot of people gave him a pass because of the COVID thing. But in previous years, you saw 46% shooter from three or 46% shooter from the field, 48% shooter from the field the previous two seasons. And then last year, COVID happened and his numbers were thrown all out of whack, as were a lot of things in the COVID season. But it kind of continues the theme for the first month or so of this season where it just, Derek White just does not look comfortable right now. I don't know if it's a matter of him adapting to what DeJounte Murray is doing, which has been fantastic, by the way. Murray's been absolutely fantastic. So if you're deferring to Murray, well, I mean, it's understandable because he's been that good. But when you're deferring to DeJounte Murray, which I do think is part of it because he is he is averaging five, almost six assists a game now. So you have to at least acknowledge that part. But there's still an aspect of it where... I become alarmed from the standpoint that if you're deferring to him, that means you're being put in spots that you weren't necessarily in last season, i.e. a little bit more of a spot-up shooter in this situation. Well, he's only shooting 31% from downtown up to this point. And maybe this thing will figure itself out. The two of them will figure out how to be a little bit cohesive. But right now... It's easy to say send Derek White to the bench. I don't think I don't think that's the that's the answer right now. I don't. I don't think the answer right now is is to say let's plug in Lonnie Walker for X many more minutes. Even though starting and bringing a guy off the bench is vastly overrated in these days, it's more so minute distribution and I think minute distribution would still largely be the same there. I don't think it's at the point where you really shake up the lineup yet. I'm not necessarily necessarily sure that that does anything. If anything, I almost kind of want to see him and DeJounte try to figure this out. I think after 13 games now, or however, however many we're in, yeah, 13 games now, to kind of back away from something that you thought might have been or thought going into the year probably would be your main focal points or one of the main focal points of your offense in that duo back there. One's excelling, of course, we know. The other one has regressed massively, but still to dump that after after 13 games, I think that's a little premature. I know the fact that Devin Vassell right now has been terrific. He was terrific again yesterday. He's shown leaps and bounds on and off the court last time or uh, uh Prior to the the Laker game, post game, previously got all fired up and looked like a guy who who cared. He looked like a guy who cared, and and yes, I, I'm aware when he's doing what he's doing. It's really hard to not have the idea of saying we got to put Derek White on the bench. We just got to get him, you know, lessen his role and figure out what's going on, and that might be what they do. That might be that might be what they do. That might be what and and hey, you know what? 
Maybe Derek White likes that. Maybe Derek wants that little bit of a different role. He feels the DeJounte thing's not working out. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I do think it's a little bit early to make any kind of huge adjustment. Mainly because the alternative as well is not very good. It's not. At all. At all. The answer to this problem is not plugging in Lonnie Walker for Derek White's minutes. The answer to this problem is not giving minutes to Bryn Forbes. If you're putting Vassell in that spot, you're really kind of changing, you're really changing up a lot of other aspects of your rotation. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, given what the Spurs are right now and development and progress and learning and losing and you know you know you've all those things yeah all all those things we've talked about those this might be the time to do it this might be the time to do it I know I just totally contradicted myself but (laughs) time to do it I guess from the standpoint of I I could understand the argument for it but me personally I don't know if I do it yet I think that's it I think that that that's what I'm going for. That sounds about right. At least more in the general direction. So, anyways, Spurs back at it on Tuesday, taking on the Clippers back again at the Staples Center. And Greg Popovich saying pregame that there is a pretty good chance that Jacoperto will be back for that one. Which, I mean, addition by subtraction, Drew Eubanks is just the exception of uh, that double-double he had a couple uh, earlier in the week. I mean, you're putting it up against Anthony Davis. I know a lot of people struggled, but Drew had his issues yesterday. Having Jakob back will help, and hopefully the little COVID hiatus doesn't take away from the fantastic start that he's had. But Spurs fall to 4-9 and nine on the season. Fifth worst record in the league as of this recording. Lakers move to eight and six and wonder when LeBron is going to come back. I don't know. I, I tell you what, I tell you what, I know this ain't a Laker program, but I'm worried about the Lakers. Something about that game yesterday. I'm worried about, I, I don't know. I don't know how deep this Laker playoff, the kid, this Laker team can go in the playoffs. It just felt like there was a lot of flawed aspects, even before the age thing. But anyways, that's, Neither here nor there. That's neither... You you don't turn into this program to hear me, or anyone for that matter, talk about the Lakers. So, the Laker game, or yesterday's game, the first thing I wanted to hit on. A little bit closer to home. Up in Austin. Joshua Primo. Doing his thing yesterday. Putting up 28 points. Six threes. A win over the New Mexico City G League team, helping the Austin Spurs come from behind. A 112-110 victory in a game that Primo actually was lousy in the first half to the point that he even said post-game that he had to apologize because he was so bad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see it firsthand. I'm just kind of going off what he said. But to the point that he has to apologize, and what does he do? Puts up 28 in the second half and helps rally these, these guys to win. I'd say it's a pretty good way to, to, you know, help your teammates out, make them feel a little bit better about you. But 
we, we talk about rotations and progress and development here and trying to figure out what is the best tandem to put everything together to make all this work. Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know you can choose from many delicious flavors at Built Bar? Well, you can get coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry. The list goes on and on. There's definitely a flavor for each and every Built Bar fan. And hey, look, if you feel like you're going to miss out, they have the mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to Built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's Built.com, 15% off once again at Built.com. Now, like I mentioned at the top, at the top of the show, last time I was on this program was draft night. And at night, a lot of Spurs fans were wondering again, what, what is Brian Wright doing? Who is Joshua Primo? Who is this kid? He wasn't on our draft board. Who is this guy? We want Sangoon or uh, we want Duarte. We want... I don't know. We're on book night. We, we're hearing all of those names. Who is this Joshua Primo from Alabama? He doesn't even start. Primo doesn't even start. You know, and you take him, 18 years old, only two years removed from his junior prom? This is it? This is who we're investing our, our prime lottery pick in? And a guy named Joshua Primo? Well, then the summer league happened, and then the preseason happened, and... I guess the first couple weeks of the season happened. And that narrative, of course, totally changed. And now everybody wants Primo in San Antonio. Which, of course, is not the case right now, being that he is he is in Austin. But I'm not I'm not necessarily worried yet about Primo being in Austin. Because again, we are very early into the season. But it's hard, I guess, as a spectator from the outside and, and knowing history of the way things go with this franchise and youth and, and, and a lot of these guys that are very green to this process, spending time in Austin, I am not sure how much longer you can keep him there. I'm really not. I'm really not. I might have, I might have Jeff in the archives dig this up, but I, I, I want to kind of, I find it very fitting that the last time I was here, I said, if you are going to draft somebody at number 11 in the lottery, really, really in the lottery as a whole, but closer to the top 10, if you're going to draft somebody at number 11, you better be drafting a guy who can make a contribution to your team as a rotational guy immediately, immediately, immediately. And at the time, we're like, we know nothing about this dude. We know nothing about him. He's going to contribute. You're going to ship this guy off to Austin. Way to go. Way to waste the pick. Well, guess what? Surprise. The Spurs drafted a guy at number 11 who can contribute immediately. So what do they do with him? 
They ship him off to Austin. And what's he do? Play against a bunch of scrubs from Mexico City and, and puts up 28 points, 21 in the second half. Shot 9 of 18 overall, so the overall field goal percentage was still good too. And Spurs me a while on the bench to, <laughs> to I guess, fill that void or the, the path to blocking him being Bryn Forbes and Lonnie Walker last night. Combined 24 minutes for both of the two of them. Combined four points. A combined negative 23 plus minus. I think that's the big thing that bothers me with the Primo stuff. That's the big thing that bothers me with the Primo stuff. Because so much of the thought process around the the Austin idea of keeping guys there. And, and waiting for them to develop, I don't want to say on their own time frame, to... I guess, better match the time frame of the franchise. There is nobody in the way right now that should be in the way blocking Primo from playing. This time last year, I know we didn't have the G League last year, but there's a very good chance Devin Vassell would have spent time in the G League had it been there. But at the time, DeMar DeRozan is playing the same spot. Marcus Aldridge, to a certain degree, lineups, is still taking a lot of those minutes at that four spot, at least some. Rudy Gay is taking some of those minutes at that three, four spot. Again, depending on the lineup, Patty Mills is still taking some of those minutes at the one and the two spot. There are all things in the way, or at the time, there were all things that were in the way of preventing Devin Vassell from taking the floor, and understandable reasons why. The guys who are in the way of Josh Primo right now, they're nowhere near the level, nowhere near the level in any capacity, in any facet of the basketball game that DeMar was or Patty was. Or Rudy Gay was. There is no reason. There is no reason. Josh Primo should not be getting minutes distributed at a 15, 20 minute a game night. You're, you're having a really hard time. I'm not saying you specifically, the listener. Just kind of a generalization. You might agree with me. I hope you agree with me. You can disagree with me though. But, but anyways, you, whoever it may be, I guess the people who disagree with me, can make your argument that saying, oh, you know, he's not going to get as many touches in the G League, or he's not going to get as many touches called up playing 15 minutes a night, 15, 20 minutes a night, spot minutes, rotational minutes, as he would going up there in Austin, playing a, a full, playing a full 35 minutes a night, being able to take 18 shots drop 28, be the leading scorer on the team. He's not going to get those reps. He's not going to do it. Yeah, that's true. But here's another thing I'm going to let you in on. Josh Primo is not going to get those reps at the NBA level for another four years. He's not going to get those, maybe maybe sooner, depending on how the roster looks. But he's not going to become a guy who shoots the basketball 20 times a night until probably year three, year four. That's not going to be him. So he's the reason he's not playing at the NBA level is because he's getting more shot attempts, more touches 
against worse competition to be in a role that he is not going to be in for the time being. Meanwhile, the people in front of him are not very good. So not only is it one of those things where, oh, we want to get the young guy minutes. You know, he needs minutes. The vets, at least with last year. I mean, last year, everyone everyone knows that at the time, DeMar DeRozan is a better basketball player than Devin Vassell. And Rudy Gay was a better basketball player than Lucas Omanich. Everyone knew that, but people were saying, oh, we need to move on to the young guys. This This is totally different because the guys that are blocking Joshua Primo right now you can't go out that you can't go up there and make a legitimate case why they should be getting more minutes than him. And at this point, I'm a firm believer in reiterating my stance that I had however many minutes, I guess 10 minutes ago now, and saying that at number 11, you need to be playing a guy rotational, competent rotational minutes, anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes a game. Heck, I'll even call it 12 to 15. I'll even call it 12 to 15. I'll even call it that. You got to get him something. You got to get him something, not only for the betterment of he, but the betterment for the team. Because he's doing a lot of things right now on this roster that are clearly void and are clearly missing. Especially if Derek White is not going to find whatever he needs to find in the foreseeable future. He's a guy from what we've seen in the very, and I'm not putting all these eggs in this basket yet. I'm just telling, reiterating what we've seen. We are guy, he's a guy who can create his own shot off the dribble. He's a guy who can catch and shoot effectively from three. The guy's in the way right now. Bryn Forbes, not doing that. Lonnie Walker, not doing that every, it depends on the day of the week that you catch him. Not going to do that every single night, though. Who knows with Derek White? So what are what are we waiting for? What 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 is the the delay? What's the holdup on this process? Like it makes <laughs> it's. I feel like I feel like this is a no brainer because it's bettering him, and it's bettering the team as a whole. This isn't a matter of punting games away for losses. You are getting a top 11 pick, a guy who you have a ton of stock in. I don't care, I don't care if he looks like he's, well, what did I say, two years removed from his junior prom? I don't care if he, if, if he looks like that. He has that build. I'm not banking on him going out there and 28-piece in the Clippers on Tuesday if he gets called up. I'm not doing that. But I want to at least get something out there, something that at least shows, uh, uh, makes, reinforces, or, or I guess, I don't want to say reinforces, but maybe, because I, I don't know if I have a lot of things to reinforce when it comes to confidence with this team, but establishes confidence that, you know what, we got it right with this Primo thing. Yeah, he looks good in the preseason, but now he's getting reasonable minutes too. We're feeling good about it, and I think a lot of Spurs fans are. But whenever it does happen, Primo coming to San Antonio and getting, I guess, notable minutes. I do think it'll happen. I think it happens after Bryn Forbes, Bryn Forbes ultimately is traded or gets bought out. And the latter appears to be more likely because Forbes has just not has just not been able to keep it together, piece it together consistently since coming back. I do think he'll find his way up here, Primo, at some point 
along then. But when it does, it's going to help. When it does, it's going to help. Both he and and the team as a whole, because again, he does a lot of things that, that the Spurs need right now. He does a lot of things that the Spurs need right now. And when it happens, I feel good about it. I hope I feel good about it. I mean, I was... Night of the... Night of the draft, I was just kind of like everyone else. I, I didn't, you know, I, I was already, I had the, I was, I heard the name Primo called. One, I didn't know who he was. Two, like five minutes later, I'm digging for that HEB meme, or the, the not the meme, well, since it's become a meme, but the the HEB promo, we'll call it the Primo picks, right? Called the, that one. Yeah, the, the Primo picks, I was digging through that in the Google search to post that on Twitter. I didn't get any love on that. I think I got like four or five likes, whatever it was. So the joke backfired anyways. But I was skeptical about it. I was ske- I'm not now. I'm not skeptical anymore, man. I'm not skeptical anymore. 28, 28 points, 21 in the second half. Anyone who can do that is going to catch my attention. And just score like that. Get a bucket. This is where the people, this is where the people are going to reply. Listeners are going to reply. They're going to say, yeah, well, Lucas Salmonich dropped... 28 and 15 in a couple games last year. You know what? We don't worry about that no more. We don't worry about that no more. That's a thing of the past. Anyways, what about a thing of the future for the Spurs? Well, coming up, the last of their three-game road trip, or the next two games to wrap up their three-game road trip. Mention the Clippers. That's tomorrow night. Thursday, they're at Minnesota, who... Earlier last weekend, beat up on the Lakers in LA, which actually kind of made that Laker game a little bit notable because they went in there annoyed, knowing that they got run out of the building by by the Timberwolves, who lost like six straight games before that. So that Spurs game yesterday was, you know, and there was a little bit of something behind that playing that Laker team in that respect. But you got the Clippers and the Timberwolves on deck next before they come back home for four games. Over a week-long span. Four games over seven days. Phoenix, Atlanta, Boston, Washington. Congratulations. Have fun with that, guys. Have fun with that one. No, but it's all good. It's all part of the process, right? That's what we're, that's what we're here for. We're here for learning. And that'll be part of the learning process, I guess you could say. Anyways, um, be sure to follow Jeff Garcia on all of his social media platforms. Really one main social media platform. At Jeff G Spurs Zone. He'll be back tomorrow. I believe so. Unless he wants to bring me back again for some reason. Well, I'll gladly come back. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. At Casey underscore Vieira. And while you're at it, I have a new YouTube show that just came out. It's been out of four weeks now. We're still new. It's called The Baller Brief. So if you like talking about basketball more than the Spurs. If you like talking about basketball, oh, many different fronts, talking about hypotheticals or theoretical trades or just kind of feel like you're shooting the breeze, if you will, with a guy at the bar having a beer, talking about how you can't figure out why Josh Primo is not with the major league team yet. Give us a sub. Give us a follow. The Baller Brief. Check it out. Got a new video going up uh, tomorrow. Just actually posted one yesterday, and it does have a Spurs tie, believe it or not. Believe it or not, it does have the Spurs tie. Talking about hypotheticals, what were to have happened if the Atlanta Hawks beat the Milwaukee Bucks 
and reached the NBA Finals last year. That's the talking point, that's the conversation, and it does have a little bit of a Spurs tie. So keep an eye out for that. Go search. Do your thing. I appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Uh, I also appreciate Jeff Garcia again for having me. Again, to reiterate, he'll be back tomorrow. I hope you had fun listening as much as I fun as I had doing this, as I always do coming on to host Locked On Spurs or any of the Locked On programs. I'm acting like I've hosted any of the Locked every other Locked On program. This is the only one I've filled and hosted. But they do good work. So wherever you listen to all your pods, your shows, all that stuff, Apple, Spotify, go to the Locked On Networks. Find your team, find your squad. You got Locked On NBA, back end of football season, Locked On NFL. My Raiders got smacked last night, so I'm not listening to Locked On Raiders or Locked On Chiefs. I just want to separate from football, even though I know the Locked On Raiders guy is really good. I forget his name, but check him out. Anyways. Subscribe to the Locked On Networks, all under that umbrella, wherever you do that stuff. And how does Jeff close this show out? Just going to put a lock on this edition of Locked On Spurs? Yeah, let's do it like that. For Jeff Garcia, my name is Casey Vieira, and that's going to put a lock on this edition of Locked On Spurs. Locked On Spurs.